I'm Rachel Hampton. And I'm Candace Lim. And you're listening to ICYMI. In case you missed it. Slate's podcast about internet culture. And I'm back, bitches. <laughs> did you miss me? Hell yeah, we did. Ugh. This weekend, I realized it has been a whole two weeks, a whole fortnight since I last recorded for this show, which is the longest break I've taken from this show since it started and let me say 10 out of 10 recommend I Mm -hmm. feel rejuvenated I feel rested I think our listeners missed you but I also think they kind of deserve an update on your time away because last the trades told us you were unionizing <laughs> your fellow Bachelor contestants. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Well, the thing is, we're currently in the middle of contract negotiations, which means that I can't say too much. Mm-hmm. But let's just say those roses we were pinning before, those are now DSA roses. Wow, we love to see it. And Rachel, I really am proud of you for taking a break because you deserve it. And I actually think this is good because there is a lot you missed. Um, Did you hear about the Montgomery boat incident? Oh, my God. I couldn't have missed that. I mean, I couldn't have missed it just being on TikTok. The Alabama brawl. That was that was a beautiful moment to be alive, to be online. It felt Reparative. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, okay, did you hear about Michael Orr? He's the blindside oh, guy. Uh, he, like, sued the white couple who took him in because, allegedly, they never actually adopted him. And apparently, they were his conservators, and they used that relationship to gain money from the blindside movie, allegedly, for them and their biological children, but not Michael. Mm, mm-hmm, yeah. Unfortunately, it did. That one felt more like regular, degular American race relations. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. I, I was like, wow, I wish not to be online in this moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, by the way, guys, that couple from The Blind Side, the real couple was actually on an episode of Below Deck, season five, <gasps> episode seven. So if you want to, you can watch that boat go down. But another story, by any chance, did you hear anything about Lil Tay? Oh, my God. Yes. Okay. Vaguely? Um, like I said, I was mostly off FKA Twitter, which is um unfortunately where I still get a lot of my news. Please don't yell at me. But Little Tay died, but also didn't. I the vague version of the story that I got from skimming Twitter was giving Carly Russell. Mm-hmm. 100%. So Lil Tay is a 14-year-old who allegedly passed away, which was announced on her Instagram account on August 9th. The post claimed that her and her brother Jason had died, and people online reacted accordingly, saying they were so sad, she was so young, all that stuff. However, there was also a lot of skepticism, because outside of her official IG account, no one could really verify if she or her brother really passed away. Local authorities in like Vancouver and LA were contacted by reporters who just could not verify their deaths. And, like, friends of family were even questioning the deaths online. Can I admit something? Always. So, before this whole thing, I'm gonna be honest, I really didn't know who Lil Tay was. Like, I think I missed her entire fame arc. I now know because 
headlines that she's an internet star, but I truly could not tell you why or where she came from. Like, if she was walking down the street towards me, I wouldn't be able to pick her out of a crowd. Yeah, and I think partially that's because she's, like, a child and a pretty normal child. Except for the fact that in 2018... She blew up on the internet for feuding with Bad Baby. Mm. Now, (laughs) that Mm. already tells you there's a lot of ground we need to cover here. But I do want to let listeners know that Lil Tay and her brother are alive. Okay, that's what I thought I read. And I was even more puzzled. Yeah, apparently Lil Tay herself contacted TMZ to confirm that she is safe. She's alive, along with her brother. And... That her Instagram was apparently hacked by a third party who was trying to spread misinformation and rumors about her alleged death. Okay. At this point, I feel like there are two things that are extremely clear. One, something is capital G, capital O, going on. Mm -hmm. And two, neither of us are little taste scholars. So there's really only one thing we can do here. Rock, paper, scissors. Rock, paper, scissors. Yes, baby girl, let's do it. Whoever loses has to explain what's happening with little Tay. Are you ready? I am. Limber yourself up. I can see you over there limbering up. Okay. Let's do it. Here we go. Rock, paper, scissors. Wow. Okay, so uh, ESPN reporters clock in, clock in. Rachel came in with the the rock. I did. I did. Uh I picked my man, (laughs) Dwayne. And you pick scissors, and that means my I vacation lost. continues. My vacation I continues. <laughs> After a short research break for Candace, <laughs> we will be back to talk about the resurrection saga of one Lil Tay and how her story is perhaps an omen of a coming child content creator revolution. All that and more after the break. Hi, y'all. Hope you're enjoying today's show. If this is your first time listening to ICYMI, then a welcome. We're so thrilled to have you here in the ICYMI Cinematic Universe, the ICU. In case you missed it, our show comes out twice a week on Wednesdays and Saturdays, so make sure you never miss an episode like this past Wednesdays, which featured Slate's producer of The Waves, Shana Roth, to talk about Below deck and the most important episode of reality television that came out this year i don't even watch below deck and i was enthralled check it out and we're back candace now that you've had you know some time to investigate who is little tay where did she come from why is she famous Let me put on my Inspector Gadget hat and Mm -hmm. give you a bit of an abridged version of what we know. First off, Lil Tay got big in 2018. She was nine at the time. Her real name was Claire Eileen She Hope. We'll get back to this later. And she did venture into music. Okay. She does indeed have a song. And I do want you guys to listen to it. It's called Money Way. Money Way. Lil Tay. Lil Tay like Keep a trap on me, fuck that bitch up on my diamonds, I'm freeze. Ooh. In the trap, that's who I be. I'm only nine, smoking on trees, Damn. smoking on pee. So, reminder, this is 2018. This sounds very like Lil Pump, Louis Vert. I mean, Rachel, do you remember what else was happening that year? In 2018? Mm-hmm. I don't remember what we talked about before I left on my break. What are you... <laughs> 2018? Ooh, okay. That was the year I started at Slate. 
Mm-hmm. I think. Um, so that was a really big event for everybody. I think that was the year Black Panther came out. Sure. Because I remember Wakanda Forever being a part of my lexicon. Oh, that was the year of Beachella. That was the year Beyonce did Coachella, which was actually one of the most important historical moments of our timeline. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Also, wait, okay. Beachella and the Royal Wedding happened in the same (gasps) year. I do remember that. So that was the year of the Royal Wedding. I think I'm just remembering all the things I had to write about as a baby blogger. I'm going to be honest with you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so keep in mind, those are like the good things that came out of 2018. But now we got to talk about like the more bottom barrel stuff because in 2018, that was also the year that this song came out. Gucci flip flops, fucking hit your bitch in my socks. This is a big watch. Diamonds dripping off for the clock. Pull the six out. When it's time, dropping the side. Can I be honest with you? Always. I've never heard this song in my life. Who is this? <laughs> is this how people feel listening to the show? I've never felt more like discombobulated. Like, where are we? Uh, yeah so this is a song called gucci flip-flops and it is by someone with the name bad baby oh okay that one i do know Uh that one that one i do know i'm back in my comfort space of knowing what things are that's the catch me outside girl the catch me outside girl Mm -hmm. there you go it's the girl who went on dr phil said those infamous Mm -hmm. words real name daniel brigoli well she kind of comes into the chat because in 2018, Bad Baby and Lil Tay allegedly got into a brawl. <laughs> a brawl? Mm, what mm. do you mean a brawl? Was there a folding chair involved? <laughs> there should be. I mean, basically, Bad Baby got into a physical fight with another online personality. Their name is Woe Vicky because Woe Vicky said a racial slur about Bad Baby's friend. I'm sorry, what? Who said what? <laughs> mm-hmm. What? Yeah. yeah. I mean, okay, so Woe Vicky, in the broadest, most generous of terms, is a rapper, model, Instagram person? I think I have a mental image of the genre of person you're talking about. Yeah. It's that era of time where white people could get a really big online audience by having a black scent and wearing earrings Mm -hmm, yeah because it was like obnoxiously trendy at the time and so Mm -hmm. we had a lot of people who kind of only exist on the internet here so we got bad baby we have whoa vicky they're just like (laughs) throwing punches at a literal outdoor mall what yeah and bad baby has a bodyguard with her while vicky has someone named lil tay with her None of these names are in the Bible. Oh, absolutely not. And Bad Baby apparently threw a haymaker at Woe Vicky. And the video ends with Woe Vicky, Bad Baby, being separated because there's like this crowd forming around them, people putting their arms up. And then Bad Baby (laughs) escapes via escalator, as all baddies do. Mm. (laughs) But what we are left seeing is Lil Tay just standing there watching Bad Baby go up this escalator like she's Gerard Butler in 300. Are you telling me they just met up in a mall to fight? Yeah, and great news, guys. This was prearranged, which leads me to the question. (laughs) Are not all battles in 2023 prearranged to some degree? (laughs) I'm gonna be honest, that's a good question. And the thing is, I don't think you're wrong. Like, there are definitely spontaneous fights. The Alabama brawl. 
famously mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. spontaneous. No one was expecting that to happen. But I would argue most are prearranged to some degree. And historically, battles have always been prearranged. You don't just get two armies on a battlefield randomly. But you didn't answer my question, which is they arranged to meet up at a mall to fight and then got famous from it? Yeah. And obviously, it makes the rounds on TMZ and social media. And the remaining question is, who was that nine-year-old girl in the video? Nine? Nine? Mm -hmm. I mean, what? Did people know who Lil Tay was before this moment? Or are they all just like, our new queen, this nine-year-old girl in a fight video? Well, apparently on the way to the mall, uh, Lil Tay had around 300k IG followers. (laughs) On the way to the mall. <laughs> did Sierra write that? <laughs> she absolutely did. Uh, and I appreciate the Uber Progress Bar producer Sierra. Days later, after said fight, she was apparently up to 675k followers and she was wow. officially verified. Big deal, big deal. And then it grows. 2.5 million followers days after that. And by the end of 2018, a lot of people are wondering and they're Googling who is Lil Tay? I really feel like we don't talk enough about how easy it was to be an influencer in 2018. Like, Mm -hmm. truly, all you had to do was say a few funny lines on Bachelor in Paradise or, in this case, be a witness to a fight between two white girls and escape up an escalator like Jean Valjean (laughs) escaping through the sewers. Like, the girls really didn't realize how easy they have it. So what did Lil Tay do with this newfound fame? Well, just to back up a quick second, you know, Lil Tay got on the map because she is iconically known as the youngest flexor of the century. Candace, what does that even mean? How do you even determine that you're the youngest flexor of the century? That feels like mathematically impossible to find out. Well, let me show you. Lil Tay out here balling in the IA. I dropped 200 racks on this car and I'm only nine years old. I got the keys to this car. So in this clip, Lil Tay, she is sitting in a white sports car, just like dangling the keys that she allegedly owns, talking about how much money she has. I mean, initial thoughts, Rachel. Who is recording this? Who is doing the like the swivel camera where you're just like coming from all the angles and for no real reason? It seems like a lot of the videos she has posted, which are kind of along this angle, were recorded by either her brother, Jason, who apparently was imperative in her gaining virality. Sometimes her mom. Sometimes there was another manager on hand. But there's a few things you will notice here in this clip itself. Number one. A nine-year-old probably cannot drive a car. Probably, yes, true. Mm -hmm. And two, you'll notice she's definitely got a black scent. And for full disclosure, her mother is of Asian descent and her father is white. So not black is what you're telling me. No. She's not black. Okay. No. Mm -hmm. And like, you'll notice that bad baby, not black, but strong black scent that she uses in her music and her like pre-organized WWE fights. Like... It is her brand and genuinely, I just remember her doing this interview and her best defense of this like cultural appropriation was when she said, quote, you cannot act a color. I don't even think that's true. I don't even think that's a statement that is fact, let alone a defense. It is ridiculous. And whoa, Vicky also very clearly playing this game, too. But I would say that Lil Tay is maybe a little different because You'll notice that she loves talking about money, specifically how much money she has, how many cars and houses and millions she has. Because since like 2017, she's been sharing this story of how she was 
broke growing up in Atlanta, but then she worked really hard moving bricks. Adopting Black culture as a non-Black person has and always will be profitable, even though the creators of the culture almost never see profit from it themselves. The internet has only accelerated this deeply American dynamic by allowing people who almost never interact with Black people in real life to have access to what seems to be unfiltered Black thought and cultural formation. Moving on, where's the money coming from? Because in one of these videos, this child is definitely sitting in a car with the butterfly doors, which I, as a non-driving bitch, understand as the universal symbol of they got money. Lil Tay's mom, Angela, is kind of an important character here. Angela was a real estate agent in Vancouver. And I say was because she was fired from her brokerage after Lil Tay got big. Why? Because all those houses, all those cars were listings and borrowed assets her mom had (gasps) access to via work. And the car was allegedly her mom's bosses. And so her mom or Jason, the brother, was filming Lil Tay, flashing monies in these cars that they do not own and posting these like profane videos in these houses that her mom was like allegedly helping to sell. Wait, I was joking when I said this gave Carly Russell, but this actually is giving Carly Russell, like, the stealing from your job part of that story. 100%. So the mom, Angela, she gets fired. Her former employer confirms that to The Verge. But this kind of becomes Lil Tay's brand. You know, she's in a video with Jake Paul throwing dollar-dollar bills into the air. She's starting fights with Rice Gum, who's this Asian-American YouTuber who basically, like, roasts people in reaction videos. Oh, that fight, by the way. Fake. When you say fight, do you mean like physical fight? Like how many physical fights has this nine-year-old been witness to? Mm-hmm. I mean, this was more like a beef where she mocked him online for having less money than her. And, you know, she did later confirm definitely fake. But what I'm really trying to say is that Lil Tay starts becoming this archetype we all recognize, the obnoxious, braggy personal finance influencer. I really need to hear more about how a nine-year-old becomes a personal finance advisor. And we're going to get into it after a quick break. And we're back. Before the break, Candace, you were saying that Little Tay becomes the Dave Ramsey of children? Oh, 100%. I mean, I would say that Lil Tay definitely reminds me of, like, those guys on YouTube who claim to be personal finance experts because they have, like, a sure USB microphone and the (laughs) wall. And they're just spewing this advice that, like, no one asked for. You know, it kind of reminds me of, like, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. You know, people who keep repeating this mantra of, like, here are nine ways to stop being poor and just, like, work really hard and you'll be a millionaire by the age of 25, like me like no like no you're not but this is satirical right because you know speaking of nine ways to stop being poor this child is nine (laughs) she's nine years old why is anyone taking this seriously she doesn't know what a dollar is she's never worked a day in her life yeah this idea of credibility is kind of a big thing with Lil Tay because here's another thing Lil Tay also claims that she was accepted to Harvard and dropped out. But there is actually this really fascinating interview that Juju Chang from GMA did with Lil Tay and her mom, and we just have to play this great clip. I'm a Harvard dropout. What city is Harvard in? Um, 
I kind of forgot because I, I haven't been there in a long time. So we can probably surmise that Lil Tay did not go to Harvard. Mm-hmm. We can also probably infer that the cars, the house, the cash, it's hyperbolic at best because I'm kind of getting the sense that Lil Tay didn't come up with this herself. I get this vibe that her parents, her brother, her managers, someone in her life has basically been kind of feeding her these like personal finance YouTubers and podcasts. I highly recommend watching that whole GMA interview because honestly, my girl Juju came through journalistically. The interview was haunting. She has to push back on a nine-year-old, which I don't know if I would be able to do that with the kind of grace and empathy and skepticism that Juju has. And what this reveals is that, like you're saying, this child is so clearly being coached to do what feels like a DJ Khaled impression of major keys of success, except the thing is DJ Khaled is incredibly successful and therefore could probably give you some major keys. Also importantly, Lil Tay is saying this in an accent and a dialect that's not hers. So she's not only being coached into saying things, she's being coached into saying things in a specific way by adults around her. And it's really fucking weird. I don't think Lil Tay is even cognizant of the absolute Tim Ferriss bullshit that she is saying because, you know, her parents and her brother not only believe that stuff, but they probably think it is the goal in life. They think it's the key to happiness, the key to uplifting them from whatever financial situation they claim to be in. And I think that's what's really sucky, that they are using Lil Tay to get there and projecting all of that burden onto a nine-year-old child. I mean, here is the ending of her interview with Juju Chang, which I think depressed us both a bit. Y'all can get your headphones too. All y'all haters. Like, I'm, I'm trying to make my mom proud. You don't look very happy. I mean, that was before, like, now I'm happier than before. What's your reaction to all of the haters who are basically online bullying your daughter? We choose just not ignore them. She has a passion, passion and a dream. Everything seems to be going up for Lil Tay and co. until June 2018, when her Instagram account is suddenly wiped clean. Usually when a musician does this, it means they have a new single. But for Mm -hmm. her and its place is one Instagram story and it reads, help me. Then it gets weirder because an unidentified person posts on her Instagram account accusing Lil Tay's father, his name is Chris Hope, of allegedly abusing her to profit from her career. Oh, my God. Yeah, and then at the time, she's being managed by someone named Harry Zhang, who denies the allegations that her father is abusing her. Instead, Harry claims that her brother Jason plotted with the mother to accuse Lil Tay's father of sexually assaulting his daughter. It's very dark, and in 2019, a different rep for Lil Tay comes forward. His name is Charles Wong, and he says Lil Tay is in a, quote, bad situation with her father. While all of this is going on, we now skip to 2020. TMZ is saying that the reason Lil Tay has been kind of quiet for the past two years is because her mother and father were in a custody battle. They were never married, but there's obviously been some kind of conflict because apparently her mom wants her to continue being like a motivational speaker, internet hype beast of sorts, while her dad wants her to like become an actual child star in Hollywood. For a second, I thought you were going to say that her father wanted her to be an actual child. And I was like, thank God someone (laughs) in her life is normal. But then I remembered that we live in the worst timeline. Mm -hmm. 
literally both of those options, being a motivational speaker child hype beast and being a child actor in Hollywood seem like the absolute worst case scenario here. It gets darker, can you believe? Because in 2021, a GoFundMe pops up and it's called Save Tay from a Life of Abuse. It was organized, allegedly, by Jason, the brother, who claims that Lil Tay will be going to court to testify against her father and his new wife, who allegedly, physically, and mentally abused her. This GoFundMe has, like, photos of red marks on Lil Tay's face. Lil Tay, by the way, looks a lot younger in these photos. So there is kind of this question of like, when did these incidents allegedly happen? But there is a lot of photos and receipts and incidents. And like, they practically put all of their court evidence onto this GoFundMe page. And by the way, they also asked for $19,000 to pay for her legal fees. I'm just going to read a bit of this GoFundMe. Jason writes that, My sister Tay has been silent on social media for the past three years because her absentee father, Chris Hope, served my mother a court order demanding control over Tay's money, career, and custody. And as a result, it was court ordered that my sister had to return to Vancouver, Canada. He also requested through a court order to prevent her from speaking out about the truth. Since then, he has stolen millions of dollars from my sister and has taken control of all of her funds. This is dark. Very dark. Jason updates the GoFundMe to say he knows people are accusing him of stealing money through the fundraiser, and he keeps pushing that there's police reports, this is an actual case. But I think all of this chaos kind of pushes us to August of this year when Lil Tay's Instagram account posts a statement saying that Lil Tay and her brother Jason have passed away. Okay, so all of this backstory you've told me makes the kind of conversation around the news of her death make a lot more sense to me. I saw a lot of people kind of insinuating that something sinister had happened. Right. I mean, the thing is, obviously, the death of a child is always going to be greeted with alarm. At this point in 2023, little Tay is like 14. Mm-hmm. But... Mm-hmm. There was some speculation happening that whatever happened might have been the fault of whoever her caregivers were. Right. And I think there's a few things here in her like alleged statement about her death that kind of raises even more eyebrows. One, they call Lil Tay Claire here, which is allegedly her legal name. They also don't give a cause of death, and there's no clear identity of the poster. So this could be a parent, this could be management, this could be anyone who somehow has her password. That seems sus. But I think, Rachel, you and I both know that a few media people definitely had their ears up on this one because, Mm -hmm. first, there's kind of like a select few news outlets that we internally trust when it comes to reporting death. It's a very finite art. And the Instagram account posting an official statement usually is one of them. But here we saw a lot of tweets. There were a few reporters on Twitter saying they couldn't verify the news of her death. They were contacting family, Vancouver police, friends of family. No one was coming forward with an actual clear confirmation that Lil Tay or her brother had passed away. Well, This former manager of hers literally told the Daily Beast that he, quote, cannot definitely confirm or dismiss the legitimacy of the statement issued by the family. 
And just like in my recollection, if the manager doesn't know, something's probably up. Uh, I will note, he apparently also had the Daily Beast talk to his psychic. And the psychic said, quote, I pick up something not very real about the statement, which (laughs) is not in any form a confirm or deny. And then on August 10th, so this is the day after the IG post goes up, Lil Tay calls TMZ and says, (laughs) I'm alive. The thing is, as wild as it sounds, TMZ is one of those outlets that if they report a death, it's probably accurate. Like Candace mentioned there are a few outlets that journalists usually trust when they report something like this, and TMZ is one of them. So them reporting that Lil Tay is alive seems pretty definitive in terms of confirming she's alive. Yeah, and so TMZ reports that Lil Tay and her brother are safe and alive and that her Instagram account was, quote, compromised by a third party. And by the way, TMZ is getting this information from a statement that was allegedly sent from her family. And they're saying that they know the Instagram was compromised because apparently Lil Tay's legal name isn't Claire. It's Tay Tien? Law and order bang bang sound seems over (laughs) is that the end of this (laughs) is little tay okay now like do we know where she's at it looks like a spokesperson from meta the people behind instagram they did tell tmz that this was indeed a third-party compromise and that they helped little tay regain control of her ig so cybersecurity wise i think we're getting into some better hands but her former manager harry once again the one with the psychic he goes to the cut (laughs) And he says that while he is glad that she is safe, he's not totally sure it was a hack. And he says, quote, it is plausible that the driving force behind these events might revolve around an attempt to surreptitiously solicit funds from dedicated supporters and unsuspecting bystanders. Candace, all of this is stressing me out. Be stressed, because now there are some media outlets saying that her death hoax was possibly announced to promote her new cryptocurrency? Are you joking? (laughs) A crypto launch? In 2023, didn't we learn? Hasn't the crypto market fully crashed? I thought we all confirmed it was a scam. (laughs) I thought so too. Okay, so according to Insider, a Lil Tay Crypto did indeed launch very shortly after her Instagram claimed she had passed away, and it's not confirmed who launched it. But some people are pointing fingers at Harry Zhang, the former manager, because he's the CEO of a little company called Lil Tay Token. No! No! Uh huh, uh huh. And hey, he denies it. He is telling Insider that it's 100% not him. He's saying they took down the website and that any other token or coin with Lil Tay is a scam. But. People are also questioning Jason, the brother, because Harry is questioning the brother. Harry told the Daily Beast that the, quote, actions of Lil Tay's brother, renowned for his propensity for extreme measures, lead me to hypothesize an alternative motive behind this occurrence. This just makes me feel like a child is being taken advantage of by every single adult in her life. And that is stressing me out. This is kind of where we end with 
a lot, a lot, a lot of loose threads and literally no action, legal or sidekick, okay, oh toward God. an actual conclusion or answer. It's a lot of like he said, he said. And what's most aggrandizing is that if there's one thing that could clear this whole thing up, it's Lil Tay sitting in a car that she does not own telling me to work hard because I'm poor and that she is a Harvard dropout. Like if she could do something kind of like, you know, Olivia Pope with the newspaper, that would at least solve one question, which is just like her well-being and safety. I I did not think a day would come where I would be clamoring for a video of a non-black child poorly using the habitual B as a proof of life. And yet here we are, because once again, we are in the darkest timeline. I just, on a more serious note, this story is depressing as hell. Like, and what makes it even more depressing is that it's not even particularly unique. Like, the fake death is is definitely unique, and the possible connection to a crypto coin is, I couldn't couldn't have guessed that was going to happen this year. But at this point, every time I see a cute child on the internet have a viral moment, like Corn Kid or Van Van, my immediate reaction is, oh, God. I mean, my actual media reaction is, oh my God, so cute. And then my second reaction is, oh no. Because these videos usually mean children are turning into the breadwinners of their families. And if we've learned anything from child actors, it is that that is a situation ripe for exploitation. Like, not to be a downer, but I I think we're less than two years away from finding out something truly horrific happened to a child content creator as a result of them being a child content creator. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think for me, a lot of this stems back to Lil Tay and the people who surrounded her when she blew up. Like, Mm -hmm. it is unfortunate that we are seeing more and more children just kind of being put on the internet willy-nilly and, like, getting famous, going on GMA, without any real cognizant understanding of what they're getting into. You know, like, what does that fame entail? What does it mean when you are literally the sole, if not main income earner of your household and like mommy needs you to dance so we can put food on the table? Mm -hmm. There is just so much unfettered about this specific economy, you know, the child star on the internet economy. And what's more saddening is probably the fact that it's been happening for so long. It's been ravaging Hollywood since like the days of Shirley Temple. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, because it's been ravaging Hollywood since the days of Shirley Temple, child stars in Hollywood at least have some legal protections, and those don't even stop them from being exploited. Mm-hmm. Like, look at Jeanette McCurdy. Child internet stars don't have anything like that. There is no legal obligation for the parents of child internet stars to save that income for their children, which is true for child movie and TV stars. And it's easy to forget with the ubiquity of social media, but social media is only about two decades old, which means that the first child social media stars are just now really coming of age. Like their frontal lobe is just now fully developing. Mm -hmm. They're just now really able to be out from under the thumb of their family, which means that, and I've said this for years, it means that I think we're going to see a wave of stories from former child stars that are really going to make us question how complicit we all were in this economy. Like, 
I think the exploitation of children on the internet is approaching a really, really, really dark nadir that will require some form of legal intervention. And it's going to be terrible for all of us. All right, that is the show. We will be back in your feed on Wednesday, so please subscribe. It is the best way to never miss an episode. Please leave a five-star rating and review an Apple or Spotify. More importantly, tell your friends about us. You can follow us on Twitter at ICYMI underscore pod, which is also where you can DM us your questions like, is little Tay dead? And you can also always drop us a note at ICYMI at slate.com. ICYMI is produced by Sierra Spragley Ricks, Rachel Hampton, and me, Candace Lim. Daisy Rosario is our senior supervising producer, and Alicia Montgomery is Slate's vice president of audio. See you online. Or at a prearranged mall fight.